Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Hey, yo, what's up, friends and fam in the room? Great to see you. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you yet, big shout out to the cheap seats up there. We love it. Uh, if you're watching online, uh, thanks for crashing the party with us uh, today. We love you. We'd love to see you sometime soon, but thanks for uh, tuning in uh, today. I did something the other day that I haven't done in a long time, a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I, I went out to dinner with a couple that doesn't have children. And uh, let me tell you something. If you're looking for an expert on parenting, find a couple that does not have children. And um, they are, you ever notice that? Like the, the leading experts in parenting are those that have never parented before. And uh, so, you know, I'm, you, you see the world very differently when you, when you don't have kids and, and when you do have kids. And so we're in this restaurant and, and there's some kids over in the corner and they're giving their parents a run for their money, right? And uh, they're yelling, screaming, crying. Undoubtedly, the dad did not cut the steak in the right size pieces for this child because he was heartbroken over it. And um, then the little girl... Uh, the, the chicken fingers were too spicy. And they didn't taste too spicy, but she could see those black specks in the batter. And she was like, this is too spicy. I'm not eating this. And, um, and so I didn't even notice it. Like, I got kids, right? Like, I get more nervous at quiet dinners. Uh, I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> get, get anxious about it. But th- these, these uh, people that didn't have kids, it was all they could think about. It was all I could talk about. It's like, I can't look, look at those kids over there. Like, they're losing their mind. And like, I'm, sta- I'm looking at the parents. I'm like, I'm standing in solidarity with you. I understand. I'm with you. I'm in your corner. If you get mad or, or tired of yelling at him or spanking at him, just call me and give me the sign. I'll step in and uh, take my turn spanking them, whatever. Uh, like, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. We're going to do this together. We're going to get through this uh, together. But the other, the other people, like, they, they don't have kids. And so they're like, man, what? I can't believe that's happening. And then they say something, right, that, that parenting experts always say. Uh, they start throwing the word never around a lot, right? I would never let my kids do that. I would never let my kids eat that. Like, I'm, my kids are on chicken nuggets and french fries four out of the last five nights, like, and I'm just surviving, okay? And, and they're like, oh, I'd never let my kid eat that stuff. I'm like, okay, all right, well, good to know. And that's what they do. They, they'll say uh, parents or People without kids, they're, they're some of the most judgy people I've ever been around. And, um, like they, but wait until they have kids because like you say never until you have kids and then those kids start never-nevering like you've never seen before. And you're like, you know what? <laughs> Nathan was right. So mark it down. Nathan was right. I'll accept your apology right now uh, for those of you that think you're experts. But I can just tell they're judging you when you're in a restaurant or, or when you're uh, you know, in, a, in a public square like Target or Walmart and you're having to give your, your child a talking to. Um, then people are walking by and like, they're shaking their head. And you can tell them, hmm. And I'm like, shut up. How about that? How about after I talk to this one, I'll start talking to you, right? And, uh, but they're judgy, man. They're, you got to be careful. But uh, it's, it's not, just, not just parents or, or people that don't have kids that are judgy. We're all a little bit judgy when you think about it, um, we'll judge people. Uh, one of the most common ways is by, by what they wear, right? 
Um, sometimes when we see somebody and they, they're walking up with some designer clothes and, and maybe a really nice handbag that's a certain brand or shoes or something like that, we'll, we'll kind of step back and we'll start to judge. We'll kind of look at them and be like, hmm, like who are you trying to impress here? I wonder, wonder how much that cost. wonder what you could have done with that money besides that. Like, like what do, I wonder why, who spends $200 on a t-shirt? Why, why do you want to flaunt it like that? Why do, you want to, why do you want to be like that? And we start judging them. But it's interesting uh, because we also judge people that are on the other side of the clothes spectrum. Like if somebody were to, to walk up and, and their clothes are all wrinkled or, or they're dirty or they don't match, we got a problem with that as well. You know, we'll say something like, man, did you, you, it looks like you just rolled out of the bed. Like, did you sleep with that on last night? Have you ever heard of an iron before? I can't believe you would walk out in public like that. And uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll look, and it doesn't matter whether you're really nicely dressed or poorly dressed, like there's, there's no in-between. We, we will judge people on, on those different things. If, if you get invited over to somebody's house, uh, you don't have to go into their house to start judging them. You will judge them as soon as you pull into the neighborhood. If it's a really nice neighborhood, you know, and big houses and big lots and like everything's neatly kept, you'll pull in a neighborhood like, huh, huh. Living in this neighborhood, huh? Okay. Well, I wonder how much this costs. I wonder, uh, wonder if I need to check in at the guard gate before I, I come in. But then, if you go to somebody's house that, that, that is, is different on the opposite end of the spectrum of that, then like, you'll start doing the opposite. You'll roll in and be like, all right, babe, we, we got to leave before it gets dark, man. This neighborhood, I don't like, I'm trying to keep my tires on my car. And um, like, you, you get out of the car and you, you lock the door. You set the alarm on your car in their driveway. Because you're just like, this, I don't know about this neighborhood, it's a little bit sketchy. And so, and so we'll judge them on, on, on either end of, of the spectrum, whatever, whatever we're, we're doing. Um, if you haven't caught the theme yet, uh, I want to talk about something specific today as we continue in our Changed series. And it is the single most attributed characteristic of Christians. If you were to ask a non-Christian, what do you think about Christians the, the first thing, the number one response they have is this. Christians are judgmental. Christians are hypocritical. Maybe you have some friends that don't go to church because they've told you that. Or uh, maybe if they haven't told you that, it's because they believe that about you and they're just not telling you. Uh, but that is the number one reason, uh, the, the, the negative attribute that people will give towards followers of Jesus. So if you're on Team Jesus here and a member of Revo, then that's what everybody thinks about you, uh, that, that you are, are judgmental. And so I want to look at a text today and kind of unpack that because I think there's some things that we can learn from that uh, about being judgmental. Jesus had a lot to say about that. So we're going to look at a text that I've probably done two or three times in, in the last 10 years that Revo has, has been open. Uh, so if it sounds familiar to you, then yeah, I have spoken on this before. But the reason why we have to keep coming back to it is because you guys are super judgy, okay? So I'm just, I'm just, having, to, I'm just having to do it. We're just having to come back to it. So if you have your Bible, we're going to do John chapter 8. It's a really popular story. Maybe you've heard of it before. John chapter 8. And uh, man, I got, I got quite a few things to share with you this morning. So if you have the app, you can pull it up. All the notes will be there. Uh, not only do we have three points, I got a few sub points in there. Bonus. You do not have to pay extra for it. I'm just giving it to you because I love you. And so let's start in John chapter 8, a familiar story starting in verse 2 of a story where Jesus speaks specifically around the subject of passing judgment on people. Uh, at dawn, verse 2, at dawn, he, Jesus, appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. 
the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. Caught in the very act. Not rumor, not I'm thinking this girl might be the type of girl to do this. No, she was caught in the act of adultery. They made her stand before the group in this public square and and they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. Here's the first thing I want to write down. Like, let's just level the playing field. You need to get this. Everybody needs to get this. If, if you're not a Christian in here today, I'm going to say this, and you're going to be like, boom, told you. I'm going to go home and share this on my social media the video. Um, first thing I want you to write down is this. Number one, everyone is judgmental. Every single person is judgmental. But this is not just a Christian thing, right? Because every single person on earth is, is, is judgmental. This is not just something that, that Christians own the block on. In fact, if somebody were to come up to you, if you're a Christian, somebody comes up to you and says, you know what, Christians are super judgmental. Like, do you know that that is them being judgmental to a large group of people? And so you just need to look at it and be like, you know what, you are absolutely right. Christians are judgmental. And I gotta be honest with you, you would fit right in because you are being really super judgy. So why don't you show up on a Sunday morning and you can be judgmental and I can be judgmental and we can all be judgmental together. So just come and crash the party, you would fit right in. Every single person is judgmental. Now, if I were to ask you, and this is a show of hands, raise your hand if you think you are a super judgy, judgmental person, I doubt most people would raise their hand because we don't see ourselves in that way. We don't, we don't view ourselves as, as being judgmental. But the real question is this, not, not do you judge others, because God knows, Jesus knows, I know, I'm not putting me, that, me I'm, that's way down, third, I'm not saying one, two, three, Trinity, I'm saying me way down. I'm also knowing, everybody knows that you're judgmental. That's not the question at hand. It's not do you judge people. The real question is this, what standard do you use to judge? Because we all judge. So how are you judging people? What standard do you use? Here, here's a couple of examples. Tell me, like, I find myself in times in my life where I have fit into all of these categories. The first one is uh, the standard in which you use to judge is the religious standard. Here's the phrase, follow the rules. And like, I'm, I'm a rule follower. These Pharisees and scribes were, were rule followers, and that's how they judge people. If you don't follow the rules, then you're, you're wrong. And for religious people, they will, they will say, well, this is what the Bible says. Did you notice what the guys said? They looked at Jesus and said, now Moses said that women like this should be stoned. They're throwing rules out in front of Jesus. Here's the dangerous part about religion. Most of the rules that we say really aren't rules at all. We get them confused. Have you ever heard someone say that, that something came from the Bible, but like you've never read it before? It kind of leaves you scratching your head. Here's one. Tell me if you've ever said this before. Um, liars go to hell. The Bible says that. There's only one problem with that. The Bible does not say that. <laughs> There's only one group of people that go to hell, and that's if you reject Jesus. And so like the Bible does not say liars go to hell, but maybe you've said that before. Maybe you've heard that, and you're just like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. Here's another thing that I get a lot. Um, God helps those who help themselves. That's what the Bible says. Does it? 
(laughs) It actually doesn't. In fact, the Bible teaches the exact opposite of that. God helps those that realize they cannot help themselves. It's the whole story of grace. It's the the bedrock of the gospel. You can't help yourself. That's why you need Jesus, and he's going to help you. But we'll throw around texts like that and sayings like that that we're just like, hey, you know what the Bible said? And like, I want to ask people, like, yeah, what book is that? They're like, well, you know, it's in there. It's in this. It's, it's Old Testament, and I'm not as familiar with the Old Testament as the New Testament. So it's, but it's in there. You can trust me. And it's not in there. Here's the reality about what these guys said. What they said is not in the Bible. Yeah, Moses had something to say about adultery back in the book of Deuteronomy, but it does not say that we can stone women caught in adultery. The Bible actually says that people that are caught in adultery, that is an offense that is punishable by death. But it does not say the woman, and it does not say she needs to be stoned. In fact, in order to commit adultery, there has to be two people. For some reason, these guys only got the woman. So where's the man? Because if you want to go by the rules, the rules say the man and the woman have committed an act that is punishable by death. But it does not say that we can stone her. I don't know why you guys got these rocks in your hands right now, but calm down. It doesn't say it has to be a public death like that. But they threw that out at Jesus and, and tried to pressure him because they have a religious standard. I have rules that I want to follow. And they were judging this woman because she did not follow the rules that they were following. Maybe that's you if you're a religious person. This, the second one that we judge by is this standard. Everybody judges, right? We have a cultural standard. And here's the saying. Uh, maybe you've said it. I know I've said it before. That's not how I was raised. Right? Especially if you're from the South, right? Like we were just raised differently. I have some friends that live in New York and some friends that live in Boston and and they're just raised totally different. I don't know if you've ever seen someone do something that you didn't like or that you didn't think was was good and like you want to pretend like you're not passing judgment on them but you'll just say, well, you know, that's not how I was raised. That's not how my mom taught me. Let me tell you, Mama Klein ran a tight ship for the Klein boys. Uh, She taught us Southern hospitality, like she can move from Southern Belle to bite your head off in a split second, just like that. But she taught us to have good manners. And she taught us to say yes ma'am and no ma'am and please and thank you. And, and to be nice to people, to speak to people when you see them. Uh, that, that's just how we were raised in the South. But, but I, I've been to Boston, been to New York before. You're walking down the street. Now if you're walking down the street in Winston and you see somebody... You, you look at him, he's like, hey, how's it going? And they look at you, complete stranger. What's up, man? Hey, great to see you. Great weather, huh? All right. Well, good. Good to see you. You do that in New York, like you say hey to a complete stranger, you'll get stabbed. Like, it's crazy. Like, they won't even make eye contact with you. They'll look at you like, if you try to talk to someone that you don't know, like, I'm a complete stranger, man. Don't talk to me. You don't know me. And it's just totally, totally different. See, these men were raised in a strict religious house. And they began to look at this woman that was very different than them and that was raised, obviously, in a different way. And, and they began to point at her and say, well, you know, that, that's not how my mom raised me. Well, in, in my house, I was taught. Now, what, where I come from, we don't do what she did. 
we, we come from a background and, and culture begins to tell us what is right and wrong. And however you were raised or whatever your mom taught you or whatever your family taught you then becomes what is right and, and wrong in, in your life. And we begin to judge people that don't, that don't meet that standard. This woman wasn't following the rules that I learned growing up, so she is wrong. And that's how they, they treated her. The, the last standard, and we all, listen, we all judge, so let's just embrace all of them. The last standard that we use is a, a personal standard. And here's what people will say, who am I to judge? Okay, you see somebody doing something wrong, they'll look at it and they'll say, yeah, but who am I to judge? Okay, so I've made mistakes in my life before, so I, I can't tell them not to make that mistakes. I mean, think about what I've done. And I can't tell my daughter or my son to do something because when I was their age, I was doing the same thing as well. And because we are guilty of things, we're not willing to look at people and say, hey, there is a right and a wrong. There is a truth and a lie. Like you can hold yourself to a higher standard even though I've made mistakes. And we use that personal standard sometimes to just back away from it. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. We don't want to say anything that will upset anybody. So we're like, yeah, it's kind of sketchy right there. But, 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 who am I to judge? And what we don't even realize is we're using our life as the standard to judge everyone else. And that's where they got these religious people in trouble because they were rule followers. They had never committed adultery before. And so they looked at that woman and said, who am I to judge? I'm a pretty good guy. I'm a person that's never committed adultery before, so absolutely I can judge this woman because she's done something that I haven't done and I am much uh, more behaved than she is and I was raised so much better than, than, than she was. So if all of us judge, and those are three bad reasons to judge, what does Jesus say? How can we effectively judge people? Well, here's what Jesus is going to show us later in the story. Uh, you and I are going to, make judgments, but we need to have biblical judgment. Like what is right or wrong? It doesn't depend on where you grew up or what your mom told you or what culture you live in. What's right and wrong, if you're a follower of Jesus, is found in the Bible. What does the Bible say about it? So if you've got a cultural issue that you're scratching your head about, what should I believe? What does the Bible say? Well, I mean, somebody said this and somebody said, and who am I to step into it? Like, what do I know? Like, what, what difference does it make that I'm in, in part of it? Here, what does the Bible say? So these men try to throw that in Jesus' face. And he's like, actually, man, like, let's, let's look at what the Bible really says. Because as followers of Jesus, our ability to judge and to have good judgment like Jesus has is not based on your feelings or your emotions, or what your mom and dad told you, or what culture defines as right, or what you really, 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 really want, or what you think is fair. What it comes down to it is, what does the Bible say? And Jesus says, I want you to have biblical judgment like that. That's how we're going to determine what's right or wrong. That's how we're going to determine what we should do when we see something in front of us that is out of sorts. And these men found this woman that was doing something they did not approve of, and they drug her out in front of Jesus. So the second thing I want to ask you, let's do some soul searching here, is this. When it comes to judgment, we all judge people. Why do you judge others? Think about the reason why you judge people. When you see them, when you talk to them, when you interact with them, when you see what they post on social media, why do you judge people? Well, I'll tell you. 
we get a long list of the reasons why these men judged it. Number one, you judge people that have sinned. Anybody that has sinned, anybody that breaks the rules, anybody that does something wrong, you and I will quickly judge them. Think about the last time you were driving down 40 and there was a car in the left-hand lane that passed you going 90 miles an hour. What did you say? I hope they get caught. Why? Because they're breaking a rule. They sinned. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel sorry for them. Like, absolutely, I'm judging them, and they need to get caught, and they need to pay the consequences. Why? Because when we see people that are doing the wrong thing, we like to judge them. That's what these men were doing. Like, they looked at the woman and said, she's not supposed to be doing that. So we're going to judge her. She has sinned, and it's especially convenient that she has sinned in a way that we haven't sinned, which makes it a lot easier to judge them. Here's the problem, though. You're a sinner, too. Yeah, the girl's a sinner, but you are too. And so when we judge people that have sinned, you need to then turn around and judge yourself for all the things that you've done and all the things that you've said, the mistakes that that you've made in, in your life. These men found someone that had messed up and sinned in a way that they had not, and that was all they needed to pick up the rock. All these guys had these stones in their hand, drugged this woman, probably half beaten, half naked, right in front of Jesus in the whole square, in front of God and the public and everybody. And they said, Jesus, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? We, we also judge people who have hurt us. Why do you judge people? Why do you have those judgmental feelings towards the people in your life? Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's your neighbors. I don't know. Maybe somebody has taken advantage of you. They have betrayed you. They've broken your trust. Like they just flat out did something that that really hurt you. Think about how easy it is to judge someone that has hurt you. Somebody that took advantage of you. And then you see their life falling apart or you see something that they're doing bad and and you're like, oh, so now the the tables have turned, huh? Oh, now look, look, your life's falling apart. Oh, no, you're doing that. You're, You're saying that. We often will try to get back at people and judge people that, that have hurt us. Another reason we judge people is we judge people that oppose us. Isn't it interesting how people that are just like us, we think they're perfect, but people that talk differently, that act differently, that vote differently, that believe differently than we do, like it's really easy to judge them. It's really easy to hear an idea of someone that, that believes something differently from you and you walk away and be like, what a dummy. Can you believe they said that? Can you believe they believe that? Can you believe they posted that? Man, no, no wonder they are who they are. Like, like, no wonder their life's falling apart. No wonder they're not very smart. No wonder they're stuck in that situation in, in their life. See, people that we find on the opposite of who we are, whether they're the opposite of our race, whether they're the opposite of our social economic background, whether they live on opposite sides of town, raised in opposite sides of the country, it's easy to oppose people like that. It's easy to make fun of people from the north when you're from the south. And it's easy to be in the north and look at people in the south and be like, man, what, what a bunch of hicks, right? Because <laughs> they're opposite than us. It's easy to look at non-Christians and think, man, judge them. It's easy for Christians to look at non-Christians and be like, yeah, absolutely. Let's make fun of them. Let's judge them. Let's persecute them. Let's say something negative about them. See, these men and this woman couldn't have been polar opposites. 
In this culture, women were not appreciated and were not considered on the same level as men. So these men already looked at this woman and said, you're not as good as we are. You didn't go to school like we did. You weren't raised in a family like we were. You don't have the credentials that we do. You're not as smart as we are. So this woman was an easy person for them to judge because they're just on opposite ends. We judge people, this is a tough one, without all of the facts. You ever notice that? Man, especially in our news culture right now, we will pass judgment based on the first headline we read or the first story that comes out of an incident. And we're willing to go ahead and say, I know exactly who they were. I know exactly what they were trying to do. I knew exactly what they were thinking. They didn't say it, but I know what they were thinking. Hey, heads up, you don't even know what you're thinking half the time. Like, you ever done that? You ever done something? Later, you're like, what was I thinking? Like, you don't know what you were thinking. It's impossible that you know what somebody else was thinking when they did something stupid. But we will we'll oppose them. We will jump to a conclusion without having all of the facts. We already make up our mind. I, I don't know the whole story, but I know all I need to know. I, I don't know all the facts, but I've already got my opinion. I've already made up my mind about it. I am the judge, I am the jury, and I am the executioner. That's what these guys were doing. Like, hey, I know what kind of woman this is. Somebody, somebody said she committed adultery. I believe her. Let's go. Come on, pick up the rock. She's guilty. We got to handle this right now. Drag her in front of Jesus. But Jesus kind of calls them out on this. He, he kind of calls out. He says, wait a minute. So, so you want to you stone this woman? Let me make sure I got all the facts right. Because you said you caught her in adultery. Caught what were you doing there? Were, were you standing outside the window watching? Because if that was you, like I got some stones over here too. <laughs> I might pick one up. And, and I mean, unless these people were just all over each other in the middle of public, like how did you know what was going on? Did you set it up? Were you trying to trick this person? And hey, reminder, where's the dude? Because both people were caught in adultery, but did you just let the dude go off by himself? You didn't care about that? You just dragged, you just dragged the girl out here? Because it seems like there's some holes in the story, man. It seems like there's some facts that are missing, a lot, of, a lot of pieces that are difficult for me to put together. But you guys seem like you want to judge even without the facts. You've already made up your mind about the opinions. So that's how we judge people. We judge people based on our narrative based on whatever news outlet we like to listen to, the opinions of our friends that are shared. I don't need to know the facts. I can make up my mind without them. And we make up our mind and have no support of the details, but we'll, we'll judge people. We'll, we'll make a comment on it. We're bad about judging people, even if we don't have the facts. That's exactly what these guys did. Last one, man, this one, this one stinks the most to admit. I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. I hope you guys will as well. You know, sometimes we judge people because we think we're better than them. Don't you? There are just some people in your life that you look at and like, I'm better than they are. I'm smarter. I'm more culturally acceptable. I'm more advanced. However you want to work. I'm a harder worker. I've made better decisions than them. However you want to say it. These men were convinced that they were better than this woman. They looked at this woman and be like, you're trash, girl. Like you got caught red-handed doing something you shouldn't have been doing. Like you're a totally different. 
We're better than you. I'm a religious elite. I've never done that before. And not only have you done it, you got caught doing it. And we all saw it with our own eyes. And so we're going to judge you. Why? Because I'm smarter than you. I'm more enlightened than you. I'm more culturally relevant than you. I'm more compassionate than you. Whatever, fill in the blank. And we're just communicating to people, I'm better than you are. So I can determine who you are. I can determine what type of person you are and bring all of those conclusions to the head. Well, that's how those guys judged it. But let's see what Jesus says. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning, Jesus, what do you think? Jesus, make a call. Jesus, silence his violence. Jesus, you've got to stand up here. What do you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who was without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until Jesus was left and the woman was still standing there. <laughs> Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where'd they go? Where is everybody? Shoot, man, those guys were fired up a second ago. They all had rocks in their hands. They were yelling. They were accusing you of some stuff. Where'd they go? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, now go and leave your life of sin. Here's what Jesus teaches us. Last thing I want you to write down. We need to learn how to have judgment like Jesus. Not to judge others, but to have good judgment like Jesus. To have wise judgment. You know, so, so what does that mean? What, what did Jesus show us in those verses that is wise judgment? As you and I have a culture that is screaming, what do you think? What do you think? You need to give your opinion. You need to share. You need to voice. You need to say something. You need to post something. You need to make a call. Here's the line in the sand. Which side are you on? In the midst of that chaos, Jesus navigated this like a master. And instead of judging the religious people or the woman, he just showed good, good judgment. The, the law says that the eyewitnesses to this murder or to this adultery can actually perform this judgment. But Jesus turned around like this. Jesus wasn't judgmental. He said, uh, let he who cast, or has no sin cast the first stone. Yeah, hey, what she did was wrong, so let's settle this. Anybody that's never made a mistake can bring judgment. Any one of you that has never sinned, then I want you to take that rock and I want you to hurl it as hard as you can. And hit her in the head, too. Like, just get it over with. And Scripture says they just began to drop the stones. And, like, as, as a relatively young guy, um, I don't know if that statement popped out to you, but it said... The, the older men dropped them first. And I mean, I think sometimes a younger generation can dig their heels in and, and, and want to make a statement on stuff that uh, is proven to be a little bit outside of their sphere of wisdom. So, hey man, I appreciate the zeal, appreciate the passion, but we need to execute judgment with the wisdom that, that Jesus gives us. The, the first thing that, that I would that I would challenge you on is, is this. Uh, it, it, if it's personal, then you can have an opinion. 
right? You got an issue in culture, you got something going on with your family. If it's personal, then you can have an opinion. And I would say this, you can keep your opinion personal. (laughs) For some of you, man, you guys love social media. Like you post everything. This is what I ate. This is, this is what time I woke up. Uh, I, I just used the bathroom. I just want to let you guys know. Like, we're we going to post everything about, about our, our lives. Um, and honestly, man, there are some things, like, I have opinions on a lot of things that I only share with a few people because they're personal. And so I'm going to give you permission that if you ever have an opinion and a thought crosses your mind, it does not have to come out of your mouth. You can use wise judgment and ask yourself, do I need to say this right now? Do I need to say it on this platform? Who's in the room? Is this something that I need to share with just personal friends? And if it's an opinion, that's fine. You can have one. But if you get to the point to where you get mad at others that don't share your opinion, you, there's a problem. So if it's personal, you can, you can have an opinion. And you can share it with with like your personal friends. And that's great. And I'm not talking about arguing what's right or wrong. I'm not saying, but like, here's what the Bible says is right. What's your opinion on that? Let's share it together. But I'm talking about on secondary issues, man. Jesus might have had an opinion about it. And I love how right here, he chose not to say it. He did not address the adultery, the, the big elephant in the room. Because he said, man, I, I know right and wrong. I know the setting. I know the people that are around. Just, just remember, guys, like if you're a Christian, what you say carries weight. People are listening. People are watching how you respond and what you do. And Jesus knew that everybody in the room was watching him. So he wanted to use wise judgment in what he says. I, I love this about Jesus because this is another thing that our culture hates, that is teaching us the opposite. When it comes to uh, something that's public, No, I'm sorry. When it's a person, show compassion. Right? Here's the way I like to say it. As Christians, we go hard after ideas, but we go soft on people. Jesus did not say that adultery was okay. He did not say that the woman did not sin. He did not say this is no big deal. He addressed the issue with the men, but then looked down at the woman with compassion. And he loved her. Now see, our culture teaches us that you cannot separate a person from their opinion. So if you believe something different than me, guess what? That means I get to hate you. That means I get to call you an idiot. That that means I get to tear you down. And we have to understand as Christians, man, we're not against people. We just understand what the truth in God's word says about the world in which we live. And so please don't ever get to the point in your life where you lump someone's political affiliation or their opinions or their ideology behind a certain cultural issue and you connect them together. So if I hate this, then that means I hate you. That's not who Jesus was. Anytime you use an issue to put a divide between you and another person, you're gonna realize that Jesus was on the other side of the line that you just drew. So Jesus looks and says, look, I'm not going to budge. He says it out loud. When he said, go and sin no more, he called the woman a sinner. Yes, you were wrong. That was absolutely wrong. But he looked at her with compassion and, and handled it. Last, last thing is this. Uh, when, it's, when it's public, exercise wisdom. You want to know how to have good judgment like Jesus? When it's public, you need to exercise wisdom in what you say and how you say it. 
and how you communicate it. Like, I love this, man. Jesus knew when to keep his mouth closed and he knew when to open it. Jesus knew when to hold them, knew when to fold them. Knew when to walk away, knew when to run. Loose translation. In verse 6, let me show you how wise Jesus was. In verse 6, it says, The men brought this woman to Jesus, not because they cared about the woman, not because they cared about the rules, not because they cared about adultery. They were trying to trap Jesus. That's why the man's not there. They don't care that she committed adultery. They don't care that it was a sin. That's why we don't know this woman's name. Because they didn't care about the woman. It's not about her. It's all about tricking Jesus. It's all about tricking Jesus into saying something that's going to make him look bad or, or going to put him in a tough spot. Did you know that there are people in your life right now that they don't care what you believe. They're just here to make you look bad. They want you to explode. They want you to post something that's going to make you look like a dummy. They want you to blow up and then they're just going to slowly back up and say, yep, that's what those Christians are. Whoa. You see, he completely lost it. He blew his tie. You see, he's calling people names now. Yep, that's, that must be those Christians, just big jerks, just out judging everyone. Jesus knew in the, in the public setting that he had to be wise in what he said. He had to be wise in how he handled it. He had to be wise in how he communicated it. Great wisdom, Jesus handles the situation. Here's the reason why you know it was so great. Because the religious people left like dumbfounded. They were scratching their head like, what just happened? Like, I thought we had this guy pinned. And the woman that was caught in adultery looks up and said, what just happened? Because I, I thought they had me pinned. And now there's only one person here and it's, and it's Jesus. How did he do that? Um, he understood that instead of judging others, that his calling was to simply have good judgment in life. Now it appears uh, that Jesus let this woman off the hook. It appears as though the law clearly states that the wages of sin is death. So did Jesus just let go of the Old Testament and say, that doesn't matter to us anymore? I don't care what Moses said, like I'm remaking the rules? Nah. So the Bible still says the wages of sin is death. Jesus just looked at the woman and said, someone is going to have to die for what you just did. But it's not going to be you. It's going to be me. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. Jesus wasn't letting her off the hook. Jesus was simply saying, in a few years, you're going to understand what I mean when I say your sins are forgiven that somebody is going to pay for this sin, but it won't be you. And that is the same invitation that God has given every one of you judgy people in here today. Somebody's gonna have to pay for what you've said and done. The question is, will you accept the gift of salvation through Jesus? Or do you, like this woman, want to walk around the rest of your life covered in guilt and shame and being looked down upon? Because you will be responsible for the consequences of your sin in your life. There's the invitation, free gift. Look at what Jesus said. You sinned, you messed up. But hey, here's the deal. Go and sin no more. 
be changed by Jesus. And watch how that inner transformation begins to change the outside of your life. Jesus took the consequences for your sin, and that gift is one belief away from you. Man, I hope that you'll wrestle with that, make that decision today. Let me pray for you. God, give us the wisdom to know what to do with the words that we have just heard. Help us to move from being judgmental of others to exercising good judgment, to being wise in the way we interact with people. God, we will not compromise on truth. You told us what is right or wrong, but God, behind every mistake is a person. Behind every ill-timed comment is someone that is hurting, possibly without you. So God, help us to show compassion in those moments, holding firm in the truth, but embracing people with love the same way that you treated us when you sent your son to die for us. God, thank you for that hope that we have. Ask those things and thank you in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.